I'm Josh Snyder, and this is Thoughtful Discussion. And I'm here with Gritz Capone and Jeff Benton. Awesome. Tell me a little bit about what you guys do and um, where you started out. I'll let you go first. Okay. Uh, so I'm Gritz Capone. I am a spoken word and visual artist from the north side. Um, I would say I got started about uh, when I'm 29. I would say I got started about 14 years ago. Um, I was 15, and um, I was in Miss Cleaver's 10th uh, grade English class. I was kind of getting in trouble outside of school, um, but I wrote this poem called Outside the Box uh, for Miss Miss uh, Cleaver's class, and she really liked the poem, and she was like, Corey, this is amazing. Um, can I submit this to... Uh, CMU's uh, Martin Luther King Day celebration. So I was like, cool, you know, it's whatever. So she submitted the poem uh, to CMU, and CMU decided that it was good enough for them to put in their booklet, and then they asked me to come and recite the poem at CMU. Um, so at this moment, I didn't really know what I would was going to do with my life. I knew I'd like to do a lot of different things, yeah. but um, I was like, okay, cool. And my mom was like, oh, Corey's a writer, so this is like, that's my real name, Corey. But uh, she was like, Corey's a writer, this is amazing. So Miss Cleaver really took a liking to me, and she started like recommending different things for me to do, like journalism workshops over the summer and stuff mm. like that. So I started to like pour myself into like writing, and I thought I was going to become a journalist. Okay. So then I went to Slippery Rock University. Um, my major was journalism. The major was way too hard. Um, <laughs> teachers were like really, uh, some of the teachers were like jerks. Um, so at the same time, I decided to like, I was taking a lot of English classes too, mm -hmm. like creative writing, um, creative nonfiction, poetry, mm. stuff like that. So when I graduated, I graduated with a degree in communications and creative writing. So I kind of like have a journalism background and I have a poetry background. Um, mm. so in between this time, when I would come home on like, uh, you know, like Thanksgiving break or Christmas break, I would go to open mic nights. Um, one of the most prominent open mics that I went to was at the Shadow Lounge, mm. um, which isn't around anymore. But when I went to these uh when I went to the open mics, I didn't have a um I didn't have a stage name. So and the friend I was going with, he had a stage name, so I was like <coughs> I was like, yo, I need to come up with a name. Yeah. So one day I was on the bus and I was like, you know, just drawing names putting names together and I was like, Grits Capone. Grits Capone. <laughs> and I started to say it, and I was telling a couple of my friends, like, yeah, I think I'm going to go by Gritz Capone. And they were like, yo, that sounds hard. So yeah. when I started to go up on stage, and they were like, Gritz Capone, come to the stage, I just felt like really, you it know. felt like, like you. Yeah, I felt yeah. like a, a sense of confidence that I never felt before. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's how I got started into, you know, spoken word and being a, a poet myself. Gotcha. Yeah. Great. How about you, Jeff? Well, I mean, I've always been a uh, musician. I'm probably about the same age as Gritz over there, probably about like 15. I was a band geek even before then, but I picked yeah. up the guitar for the first time around then. Okay. Um, yeah, and then um, I've told this story a couple of times, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, like around 26, 27. Um, I met the guy who started Wild Kindness Records yeah. and uh, got to know him pretty well. And then uh, he was going to... Uh, kind of like close the shop just for personal reasons mm -hmm. uh and then i decided i would uh 
I, I'd give it a shot instead. And I, you know, offered to buy the company for him, you know, yeah. a little bit of cash and uh, just started trying to do it, signing all my friends. You know, I called Chet Vincent and asked him if he wanted to put out his next record on, on Wild Kindness. And then nice. word kind of spread from there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so what, um, where are you at right now? I'll, I'll let you start. So like, what are some recent achievements and all that? Okay, so um, so in collaboration with the spoken word thing recently, I'd say over the past couple of years, yeah. I started to do the visual arts thing. Yeah. And what catapulted me into doing visual art um, was that I was, you know, going to different, you know, I was performing at different places around the city. Mm-hmm. And um, what I was saying is, like, I would start to inquire about, like, getting paid, like, asking people, like, yo, can you pay me for this performance, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And there was just a real reluctancy to, like, pay me, mm-hmm. you know, to perform. So I just took it upon myself. I was like, you know, maybe they won't pay me to perform, but if I have some merchandise that I have with me when mm-hmm. I take to the performance, you know, if I kill the performance and I have something for sale, maybe people will buy something off of me. Yeah. So I started to... um started to do like uh, collages so what i would do with my visual work is i'll do like a paper collage mm-hmm. and i would scan it into my computer and then play around with it on photoshop and then like you know make something totally different so then i started to get the prints printed you know taken with me with my performances mm-hmm. so people you know slowly but surely they started to buy stuff um so that's kind of how i got uh, a reputation as a visual artist too it was really like you know something that i just wanted to do, you know, kind of for fun and just to support myself. Yeah. Um, in collaboration with the um, spoken word. So most recently, I completed a year-long apprenticeship with uh, this organization called Contemporary Craft. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the Emerging Black Arts Leader Apprentice. It's the first year that they actually had the program. Um, and basically, what this program was is to basically like get more African Americans into um, arts administration mm. uh, roles. So that's like you know arts organizations, art nonprofits, museums, you know, stuff like that. Right. What's uh, big coming up next? So I have been, for the past couple of years, I've been writing this grant for this p- this project in particular. It's a spoken mm-hmm. word album. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell the name because it's like, it's it's a really good name. But, um, you know, either with the funding or without the funding, I'm yeah. working on my spoken word album. So. That's something that I believe is going to be coming at least in the next year. Mm-hmm. And in the next year, I also want to be start working on a book. Cool. Yeah. You got any labels for that? Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't. So. He'll be shopping around. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to talk. I might I might know a guy we, he, can, okay. he can talk to. I know a guy, too. <laughs> All right. I think his name is Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So where are you at currently? Um, what are some of the big, uh, big things that have happened recently? And also, like, who who do you currently have under the label? Who are you working with? Yeah, I mean, we've got a we've had a lot of records come out in 2017. Yeah. Pretty much got all of 2018. Getting ready to uh, Chet Vincent's got a record come out again next year. Uh, Andre Costello's working on a new album. Uh, a band called Honey is yeah. uh, uh, working on a new album, uh, and that's just like locally. I mean, you know, we're all over the place. Like. You know, nationwide, internationally, and stuff like that too. Yeah. Um, 
Of course, local leaf too. I forgot Mars Jackson's gonna <laughs> uh, print it right here at uh, Revival. So <laughs> gotta represent that. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're just branching out. We're also uh, taking on some distribution too. We're uh, we actually just signed a uh, label down in Austin, Texas, uh, named uh, called Killed Scales. Okay. Uh, we're gonna help them out, and so it's pretty cool. <laughs> you get to collaborate with some other uh, record labels. So you yeah. have. Wild Kindness, that was mm-hmm. like, uh, that was the original. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you, is, is there any other, uh, there's Mizra? Well, Mizra's kind of the umbrella group now. Okay. That's kind of like taking in all of these. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mizra's, uh, the, you know, the name on the paycheck at the end oh. of the day. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's Wild Kindness is still underneath that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'm not directly involved with the A&R at any of these other labels that we're helping with Distro, right. but. You know, it's you know we're trying to just kind of like help more uh, yeah. small labels out if I we mean, if we can. Anytime we work together, it makes sense for both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. You said it. Right. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. So, uh, recent achievements and um, kind of what you're up against right now. Yeah, I mean, I was really fortunate. Um, there was uh, the website, the Incline. Uh, yeah named me and a couple of our artists uh mars jackson uh yeah. swamp walk uh, morgan arena yeah. as um who's next under 40 awesome. uh you know and in, in their uh in their music category so awesome. That's big. yeah feeling really good about that not only for myself but also the uh the artists that we work with and we uh we we hope big things for so. absolutely that's yeah. awesome so what's uh what's coming up next for you Next is we're actually gonna do a holiday album. We're okay. this is uh, November now, so yeah, December first. It's it's a uh, very miserable holiday season. It's gonna be on Spotify and iTunes okay. and all that stuff. And we're starting to plan volume two for next year. So Sweet. it all benefits the uh, the Sunny Pugar Memorial too, which is like a local charity that helps uh, bring uh, musicians into hospitals and nursing homes and stuff okay. like that too. So it's. Uh, Raising money for a good local Pittsburgh cause. Awesome. That's sweet. So tell me a little bit about um, what do you think is something that makes you different? And, yeah, start with that. Uh, it makes me different. Yeah. Now, does, now different as far as, like. Different as a person or different as an artist? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think what makes me different is, um. The, I think it's really popular now, mm-hmm. but the idea of being a multidisciplinary artist mm-hmm. is something that makes me very, I don't know if it's different, but I would say special. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say this is because, like, I don't know a lot of people who have been in so many different types of media mm-hmm. like me. So, for example, like, I've written for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I've curated an exhibit for the Associated Artists of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I've taught children all over the city of Pittsburgh yeah. in different capacities. No, that's huge. I I've that. uh, taught kids at Schumann Juvenile Detention Center. I've taught kids that go to private school. Yep. Um. Uh. What else? Like. Uh. Like I cur- Like I said, I curated exhibit. I can rap. I can. Um. Do poetry. Mm-hmm. I've performed at the August Wilson Center, the Kelly Strayhorn Theater. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, you know, I've had a solo show at Social Status. I've had, um, yeah, I've just done, like, a wealth of 
mm-hmm. different things, yeah. and they all of like, you know, it's not like one of those things where you know my rap, my rapping is like okay, and then my poetry is like phenomenal, and then my visual work is like okay, like everything yeah. that I do is like at the level, at the the highest level, mm-hmm. you know, or at least the level where I'm operating right now, where people are giving me a lot of like acclaim and accolades. Yeah. So, but I know I can always get better, but like, yeah, I think that's something that's really special about me. Mm. I do a lot of different things I do and I do a lot of different things. Well, right. What would you say to someone that might be watching that is trying to hone in on some skills? Maybe they, ha- they're, they're really good at one thing, but they'd like to branch out and, and do something that would complement that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I mean, obviously practice, but what's something like wh- like how did you get that what was inside of you that you decided like this is i need to do more than just this one thing um, like how how did you make that come to that conclusion i was thinking the way i was thinking about it was like um i think of myself as like a lifestyle artist mm-hmm. so there are a couple different artists that like have influenced me but like one in particular is like Kanye West mm-hmm. um so it's like the idea that like the music has something has to accompany the music like the music can't just be the music by itself mm-hmm. so it's the idea that like you know the music needs a a, a dope video mm-hmm. you know the concert in 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 and of itself needs to be dope but it also the tour merchandise needs to be excellent so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. everything is a part of one you know so like me as an artist like i'm not just operating as Gritz Capone, the poet, or Gritz Capone, the visual artist, like, everything is interconnected. So I would Mm -hmm. tell, like, anybody who's, like, really interested in, like, doing more than one thing, it's, like, you know, practicing is very important, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like understanding how these, how your different, um, how your different brands or how your different uh, passions work together Mm. or, you know, intersect because, you know, if you're, you know, if you play football and then you want to be a chef, those two th- those two things don't necessarily go together. You know, so you right. might be good at both of them, but if they don't, if people don't understand how those connect, right. then you're kind of going to be confusing people. Yeah. So I think um, if you're a person or if you're an artist who wants to do multiple things, you have to understand how those all work together. And, and if right. they do, you know, because if they don't, you might be need to need to just focus on okay. one or the other. And I've seen people do that where, you know, they do a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and they're they're doing way too much of, like, a really broad spectrum, mm-hmm. and then it makes them look cheesy. Yeah. You know, where to keep that class, you're, you're saying stay stay with one, along one line, mm-hmm. where it all kind of works together. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I definitely agree. I mean, don't, uh, there might be different motivations that people have, you know, they see money somewhere, oh, I'm going to do this, they see money somewhere else, I'm going to do that too, and then it, they end up. You know, they're just you could people can see that from a mile away. Yeah, you uh, you're see, just chasing some money. You can see the where, de- you can see the desperation when right. people are just trying to do anything. But right, you know, like I was saying, like make it make sense. Yeah, you know, like don't just do anything just because. Like mm-hmm. you know, even if you want to do more than one, it's okay right. to be a jack of all trades. Sure, and a master of none if that's what you want to do. But just make it mm-hmm. make sense. Mm-hmm. Love that. You're not drinking any effing vodka or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no effing vodka. All right. So for you, um, what what's one thing that's that makes you stand out or makes you different or makes you know 
Well, I always think about this story uh, when I was in first grade, and I don't know how they did it when you guys went to school, but okay. they gave us popsicle sticks. So they okay. said, okay, here's 10 popsicle sticks. Yeah. Take, move three to the side, mm -hmm. and how many are you left with? And every other kid took three, and they just pushed them to the side, and they said, well, it's seven. I, for whatever reason, I didn't want to do it that way. So I was like building like a little like 3D pyramid with the with the sticks, and I was just coming up with the answer in my own way. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's uh, just how I continue to look at the world today. I'm just coming up with the answers in my in my own uh, manner, and I'm just you know always thinking outside the box, and awesome. I just look at the world a little different. I guess. Right. I'd say I do the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, people have a lot of expectations that. You know, things are going to be going a certain way, and then sure. when it doesn't, it throws them for a loop. Where for me, if it doesn't, you know, I'm always trying to look at things positive, or I'm trying to look at things, mm -hmm. um, you know, how how could I spin that and uh, and make it work for me or for someone else? Sure. Because there's always there's always a way. Right. Well, I and I think that you know a lot of people get locked into there's only one way to do things and mm -hmm. there's always going to be a different way to do stuff. It might not be a good way, <laughs> but there's always multiple yeah. ways to do something. And so, I don't know. I think if, if people kind of like kept their their minds open to that, that you know, mm -hmm. it could help them. Yeah, right on. Um, what is something that you would tell uh, a piece of advice or a piece of advice that you've gotten that has stuck with you or something that like if you were to give advice to yourself five ten years ago what's like one thing that would make you make a ton of sense yeah i mean kind of building on that i would just yeah. let people know that it's okay to fail Absolutely. you know because i've just you know like you know in, in business it's okay to lose money as long as you realize why you lost money and then right. you change what you're doing <laughs> uh, or when art it, it it's okay right. to like you know like for a project to fail as long as you know why it failed and I guess that's, you know, like the important asterisk. It's okay to fail, but as long as you learn from your mistakes <laughs> and, and grow from your mistakes. But but I think a lot of people, especially young people, are kind of afraid of failing and, and you know, looking stupid or unsuccessful. So. And I've heard a lot of people say, you know, oh, well, I didn't – I waited too long or I waited a while because I, I wasn't sure of myself. Or mm -hmm. I wasn't, and instead of – so you're saying just go for it? Absolutely. Fi yeah. Figure it out by doing it. I mean, a lot of people are amazed that I don't have a business degree. And Likewise. yeah, I was going to say, and I know you don't either. Right. So it's like, you do, it's not a requirement to, to do what you want to do. You don't Absolutely. need a, you know, you don't need a, to go to Juilliard, you know, right. to be an actor or you don't have to go to Berkeley to be like, you know, a world-class musician. Just mm -hmm. start doing what you want to do right now. You know, learn. You, yeah, learn. Learn as you go. You know, like get better as you go, and just you know, that's how you end up doing things anyway. So, love it. Um, what do you think is something that you'd like to see yourself like in the next five, ten years? What's like a real big goal of yourself? Uh, in ten years, I am going to be worth a hundred million dollars. Awesome. Um, so that's so that's like the major goal. Yeah, I, I know it like I speak it into existence. Like, I don't care if anybody else doesn't believe it. Like, I know yeah. it. Not believe no, it's good it. to have goals. But um, like, so I would say in like five to ten years, mm -hmm. like one of the things that I'm I'm definitely working on right now is my own brand deeper than grits. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like that's like what is going to propel me, you know, to the mm. next level. Love is um you know taking my brand to the next level as far as uh you know 
taking my art and putting it on, you know, T-shirts, sweatshirts, mm-hmm. really just branding myself with art mm-hmm. and uh, and words um, simultaneously, you mm-hmm. know. So, like, I want to be known as the visual artist, yep. Gritz Capone. I also want to be known as Gritz Capone, like, the poet, you know, the spoken word artist. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just really focused on, you know, taking it to the next level. Mm. Um in addition to my own brand, like, you know, possibly being a creative director of like a, you know, of like a, um, a clothing line or, yeah. uh, you know, just like a business, you know, really taking my, my talents and focusing them on my own personal projects, mm-hmm. but also being able to be utilized for, uh, you know, a corporate America company. It's like, yo, we love what he's doing. We need him on our team. Yeah. So, you know, that type of thing. So awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to see it. Thank you. How about for yourself? Uh, well, so in five to ten years, yeah. I'm going to ask Gritz Capone for $50 million. I might help you out with 20. That's a business, man. You negotiate down. I like that. He's already he's halfway there. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're just uh, we're just trying to grow our business. You know, not only we don't have shareholders, so it's not like we're trying to like increase the value of our stock, but mm-hmm. just because, especially locally here in Pittsburgh, I want to help as many people as we can. And one of the limitations uh, that I just constantly run up against, at least in the last uh, several years that I've been running Wild Kindness in Misra, is that there's only so many hours in the day that I right. can work myself and there's right. only, uh, there's a limited number of bands that I can work with at any given mm-hmm. time. Uh, so, you know, like with, you know, wild kindness and these yeah. additional partnerships we're coming up with in distribution, yeah. I just want to keep helping as many, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other bands, other labels, other yeah. event promoters, other yeah. festivals, like as many people as I can help. I kind of want to maximize the good that I'm able to do in the city. So. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about like the day to day for yourself. You're you have a record label. People might think that you're just sitting behind a desk, and you know, I, I think a lot of people don't don't know what that entails. But you're you gotta you gotta figure out you know production as far mm-hmm. as actually mm-hmm. making the physical merchandise, the the albums. CDs, whatever, sure. whatever type of uh, piece that might be. I've been lucky enough to be involved in some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, so you're making that, you're doing setting up distribution. You have smaller labels that work with you because you have a distribution deal with mm-hmm. a bigger yeah. distribution person. So they're kind of going through you sure, to get sure. there. Mm-hmm. And all in the meantime, like you actually have relationships with the people that you're wor- the bands, yeah. the musicians, mm-hmm. the artists. Yeah. Like so like Mars Jackson for example like that's sure. how you guys know each other yeah right absolutely so Mar- like but a lot of people would think like oh you're just a record label dude you probably don't actually know these artists you know you don't actually sure. hang out with them but you do you actually have relationships absolutely with yeah because you're a musician yourself but sure, also sure. as the label yeah that's something that you have to do tell me like what is some of the relationships like are they more friendships are they more like strictly business What's like, what's like an average day? It's a, it's a, the answer is a little bit uh, in between, you know, you can't, you can't totally be friends because business has got to come in at some point. You can't totally be business because, you know, who wants to work with a label who only cares about the, the bottom line. Uh, So you gotta, you gotta find that sweet spot. But I mean, we're definitely interested in 
the artists themselves and we're interested in their, where their careers are going. We're not just interested in, you know, okay, well, like you're a one hit wonder right. and you had a hit single and now we're, and now we're done with you. Like right. you had, you had your day in the sun. You're just a flash in the pan where, right. you know, that doesn't interest me. I like, okay. um, you know, longevity. yeah, we've, I mean, most of the artists that we work with, you know, we end up doing several albums with. And so, right. you know, and that's kind of what I'm, you know, we're trying to foster, oh. you know, these guys careers and a lot of, uh, you know, on Misra at least there's uh, a great legacy of you know like destroyer just put out a new album but his first record came out on Misra okay. and the great lake swimmers first couple records came out on Misra and phosphorescence first album came out on Misra so it you know indie labels play an important role as kind of like a you know kind of like a breeding ground or almost like a farm system for uh the music industry as a whole mm. so hopefully if we can foster that you know, well, you know, they'll go on to bigger and better things. Right. No, that's a, that's kind of amazing to to think of it from that perspective. Um, who, and this might be as like a record label exec or, or a different, you know, someone in the industry um, or a musician. Like, who's someone you look up to that you, you know, you think that they're doing a killer job? This might be a little inside baseball, so um, if, if for for people at home, hopefully they Google this guy because there's a yeah there's there's a there's a couple of cool articles about him in Billboard and stuff like that. But uh, Pittsburgh native John Esposito, okay. uh, who's now at Warner Nashville, yeah. is definitely one of my heroes and who I'm looking up to because he just came in and he has a great quote in in the article that I just referenced where he just went all over the country like on the ground level meeting radio dj after radio dj and did the hard work that had to be done you know in this industry there's just not a lot of shortcuts you have to just kind of get your hands dirty and you know it's one inch at a time you know so i really respect that kind of a work ethic and so on uh so this is like you know who i who i look up to yeah like who you look who you look up to um who someone that inspires you Someone you think is just like killing it right now? Um. Okay, so one of the people that I've been looking at recently, um, his name is Virgil Abloh. Mm-hmm. He is um he is the like founder and creative director of this clothing label called Off White. Okay. Um, he just had a major collaboration with Nike where he basically um took like about uh, maybe maybe nine different signature nike shoes Mm -hmm. and he you know put his own twist on it okay and they're like they're like the hottest shoes probably in 2017 so i'm really big on people who um who i guess would consider themselves creative directors or curators Mm. um people who can take who can kind of like see something and they can see something different in it Mm -hmm. and you know turn it on its ear so that's kind of like what I really, what I try to do with my work and what mm. I, what really inspires me. So like, for example, you know, like, like I said, Virgil Abloh, Kanye yeah. West, mm-hmm. um, Dapper Dan, who, uh, he was like a guy in the eighties. He's still alive, but he was like yeah. a guy in the eighties who basically took, um, like, you know, the high fashion monogram, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Yeah. And he, they wouldn't, they, he would, they, like he like he couldn't work for them, you know, but like the drug dealers and stuff like that would come to him in New York and like he would make custom suits for them, like custom made sweatsuits, custom mm. made like 
leisure stuff. So, like, you know, he was able to take something that theoretically he wasn't supposed to have and, like, mm-hmm. just make it something completely different. Hmm. And now, like, uh, you know, his, like, his a couple of his pieces are in, like, the modern, uh, modern MoMA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, museums and stuff like yeah. that. You know what I mean? So it's, like, stuff that people, you know, might look as, like, that's lowbrow culture, you know, like, he turned it and made it something huge. So that's what really inspires me. People yeah. who can like look at things, find the arbitrage. Yeah, and yeah. not not see them for what they are, but see them for what they could be. Heck yeah, love it. Yeah, love it. Um, so s- starting a record label, or, or even if you didn't, you weren't the one to start it. You still have kept it going for how many years? Uh, well, I took over Wild Kindness in, at the end of 2013, so it's been about four years right now. I know. Yeah. Where's the time go? Right. So, uh, I, like, music is not the easiest thing to, to sell. People could download sure. it or whatever. Sure. Um, music isn't the easiest thing to get people interested in, especially if it's new music, whatever. How do you, how do you like, go over that obstacle, that hurdle of, of, um, or do you even see that as a hurdle? Or what, how do you, what Honestly, do you I just I do? I go with my gut and I yeah. trust my own instincts. I'm not yeah. looking at a spreadsheet or a data chart that right. says you know Demi Lovato's in right now. Right. <laughs> um, I just I I sign bands whose music I enjoy and artists whom I'd like to work with personally. Yeah. And I just hope that at the end of the day that's gonna be enough because I figure mm-hmm. you know like I'm you know, pretty much a regular guy. So right. if I like this music, odds are pretty good that someone else out there is going to like it as well. Right. What's the vetting process like? Um, obviously, you like their music, but do you have to – are there certain characteristics as people that ne- peop- that someone needs to have in order for you to work with them? Uh, mostly I just want to know that there are people who are willing to, to work hard. Um, yeah. You know, I always tell the bands, it's, you know, this is like uh, – it's like carrying a piano up the stairs. I push, you pull. You know, right, it's going right. to take both of us to get this job yeah. done. <laughs> and there are a lot of bands that want you just to do all the work. Exactly. Course. You know, there's so all – yeah. Yeah. They they just – yeah. I mean, there's so, – I'll say that there's unrealistic expectations. Right that we need to just kind of dispel, right. you know, one of the myths of the recording industry. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a f- total 50-50 relationship. I can only get them halfway there. They got to be the other 50%. Gotcha. And there are, are there some relationships where you have that, you know, you do a ton of stuff for them or is there some where they want to do their own booking, they want to do their own, you know, merchandise, they want to do it all their own, and then you're just – Helping them with one thing, distribution. Yeah, sure. Well, every, yeah, every, every, yeah, every artist is different. Every Mm -hmm. project is different. Um, We don't have boilerplate contracts because of that reason. You know, everyone is in a different situation when they, when they come to our label. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, just like the artists themselves, everything's unique. So it's, you know, never a dull moment. (laughs) Right. Um, What is some of the most, uh, I'm sure you've had people that reach out and they they have some sort of ridiculous expectation or like how how do you not approach a label? <laughs> well, I think the number one thing is uh, th- I I feel like I'm on some sort of email list because we actually say on our website right now because you know like we're totally full for the rest of the year right. you know except for grits over there but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but we're just like not looking for demos right now like yeah. we just kind of have. You know, we're looking at everyone we want to look at right now, but, you know, they just, they still send emails and it's not even to my personal address or it's not even personalized. You could tell that they just like, they sent 500 of the same email to somebody and it's like, 
I think I, I've even seen that out there, but it's like, right. it's sort of like if well, you give someone a hundred bucks, you can like, right. it's like, we have like the A&R contacts for like all these labels and I, I have to be in there because I don't know how else it's, it's coming, but don't gotcha. do that. Save your money. <laughs> so be more thoughtful, be personable, reach out to each person individually. I mean, that sounds daunting yeah. when you're like, Oh, well, this person can give me 500 email addresses and they're all active record labels, which is probably BS, but. Well, it's kind of like wanting a girlfriend. Do you just want a girlfriend and you're just going to ask every right. woman you see on the street or are you in love with one person right. and you want to take them out on a date? So it's like be specific. You know, I really resp- – the ones that get actually a response, even if right. it's not going to work out, are the ones that are like we really – you know, like this record came out on Misery and it's really meant a lot to me. Yeah. You know, just in my own personal development or just, hey, you put out that record and right. I, I thought that was really cool and I respect what you guys are doing. And just like, you okay. know, just like, why did you send me this email or do you just want anybody to release this record? You know, and if that's the case, why not put it out yourself? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's huge. Um, just like be intentional, you know, uh, be direct, but don't just, yeah, don't try to go over all over the place. Just. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people love it. Yeah. Listen to that. I don't uh, I don't believe that the record industry is dead because if if labels were dead, I wouldn't get so many submissions. Right. No, that's huge. That's awesome. Um, Tell me for you. uh, What's been one of your biggest obstacles and how have you overcome it? Uh, Biggest obstacles. Um. I think honestly it would be um l- listening to other people versus listening to myself. Mm. And the reason I say that is because like um you know of course everybody has to eat, you mm-hmm. know, everybody needs a day job, etc. But um for me I just knew I always knew that like the whole like 9 to 5 and don't get me wrong cuz if you know, I don't work a nine to five right now. Mm-hmm. It's like a two to six. <laughs> but um but you know, if the right nine to five came along I would definitely, you know, go to work. Yeah. But I just for a long time I knew that I didn't wanna just be one of those like punch the clock mm-hmm. nine to five, forty hours a week, blah, blah, blah. You know, like that that wasn't for me. So, yep. you know, when I graduated college, you know, I had a I had a, a decent job grad uh, after graduation. But, um, you know, for what I wanted to do for, you know, the level of creativity that I had, it just didn't seem like a lot of people were like hiring for that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like, you know, going to this job and going to that job and like not really feeling appreciated. And then like, you know. I was at my mom, my mom and dad's crib for like five years. Like I just moved out last year. You okay. know what I mean? And, you know, my mom would always be like, Corey, you need to try to find a government job. Like you need to, you know, or go in and get in with UPMC or get in with Highmark. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I just knew I didn't want to do anything like that because I didn't want to be in a situation where they're paying me a decent amount of money. They're paying me enough money to not leave. And mm-hmm. to not follow my dreams, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, and I feel like that's like, that's like the biggest curse to happen to like people my age is like, you know, you'll mm-hmm. graduate, you'll graduate college, or you'll, you know, know that you need to find a job to support yourself, mm-hmm. and then you basically, you know, get put into a job where you're just getting paid just enough 
you know, you might enjoy the pay, you yeah. know, like you can go on vacation and stuff like that. Sure. But you're not following your dreams. You're not doing what you said you wanted to do when you were five years old. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, I just knew that that's, that's not what I wanted to do. And then, mm. like, I always wanted to be a rock star. Like, yeah. I always wanted to, like, live how I wanted to live and do what I wanted to do and, like, yep. wake up when I want to wake up and go to sleep when I want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm. I would just say, like, really – you know, it's cliche, like, believe in yourself and follow your dreams, but, like, don't let, don't let the, uh, like, don't let those mundane realities that everybody else buys into, like, don't buy into that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you know that you are going to, you know, create the next awesome burger that everybody is going to buy, yeah, make the burger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just Good make method. it and, like. Don't worry about if people don't believe in it now. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, just keep doing it. Just keep believing it. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, one person by is going to turn into two. Two's going to turn into four. Four's going to turn into eight and so on and so forth. So, you know, it sounds really cliche, but, like, mm-hmm. don't don't follow what's easy and what's, like, going to – because easy is going to trap you. You know, right. go, go for what's hard. Go for what's difficult. Mm-hmm. Go for what people – don't believe in that first because even if they don't believe in it now, eventually, you know, people will catch on. Right. Awesome. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, just to co-sign everything that Grish just said because I, you know, definitely relate to all of that as well. Um, right. And to build on that, uh, the author Michael Lewis um, has a great, um, a lot of thoughts on the matter, which I've, you know, really taken hard work. Just that the world has its own set of values and that may not agree with your set of values Mm -hmm. the world values you know these certain traits and they may not be what you're particularly interested in Mm. and they will try and the world will try to steer you into those traits whether you know making a lot of money and you know having a secure uh you know retirement package or whatever um and so you just have to do your best to ignore that in order to you know follow your passion where can I find you both on social media? Okay, so on social media, yeah. you can follow me. My name is Corey Carrington on Facebook, C-O-R-E-Y-C-A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. Um, you can follow me, Deeper Than Grits, or at Deeper Than Grits, D-E-D-E-E-P-E-R-T-H-A-N-G-R-I-T-S. Um also, I have Deeper Than Grits LLC. That's the same thing I just said with LLC at the end. Um, that's the brand that I'm pushing right now. Cool. You're not going to see anything if you follow it on Instagram, but just give it some time. You're going to see a lot of different things on there. Turn um, notifications on. Yeah. You'll see I'm it working when you get on, working on a website. Um, but, yeah, as of right now, I'm just on, just on Instagram and Facebook. And also want to say everybody doesn't need to have – the same social media following mm-hmm. like you know a couple years ago i might get back on twitter like i was on twitter a couple years ago mm-hmm. and i wasn't using twitter for the right reasons yeah and i and i so like i just like stepped away from twitter so right. um yeah so i just say that to say like you know your own brand like go with what makes sense for you like mm-hmm. you don't have to have every different social media account like you know just go what works for you, what, what works for you so right now Facebook and Instagram are my two nice. chosen forms of social media. I'm sure we'll check it out. How about you? 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've so I've got three. I mean, I've tried Snapchat, but I'm like Snapchat <laughs> wasn't happening. So I, I I'm just sticking with Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for right now. All right. I don't. Those those are my core. I don't think I, I'm gonna expand anymore. But it's uh, at Misra Records, M I S R A, and at Jeff Betten, Jeff B E T T E N on all platforms. And uh, yeah. Cool. I'm sure, we'll check it out. Um, last thing, and you could both ask a question if you have one. Um, a question that you could ask to people that are watching this and um, they'll leave comments and you can see the comments and you can reply back to them. A question I have for the audience. Um, what is something artistic that you would like to see in the Pittsburgh community that you have not seen yet? Mm, I love that. What's something that you would like seen done Mm-hmm. Or any ideas? I'm not. I'm not saying I want to take your idea. I'm just saying right. I want to be inspired. Right, right. So you know, what's something that you really want to see done that's pushing the envelope creatively and artistically that you haven't seen done oh, yet? Love it. And it might be. I mean, people might want to see you do something. So yeah, yeah or yeah, yeah, there. yeah. So what's something creatively that you haven't seen me do yet that you would really want to see me do? Love it. Yeah, love it. How about yourself? Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to have just like a follow-up to Gris's and just be like, what's something, you know, if there's something you haven't seen in Pittsburgh yet, my question would be like, why haven't you done it yet? Yeah. <laughs> you know, or just like uh, my other question would be like, what did you want to be when you grew up? Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Let's hear it. Go ahead and leave a comment, like, share, follow, and uh, retweet. Definitely check these guys out. And thank you so much for watching Thoughtful Discussions. Peace.